0: Be worse worse. Oh, I see, you think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and molly cutters, eh? You think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts!
1: Yeah. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Wendy Francis. Now, her husband's the pastor of City Tabernacle Baptist Church here in Brisbane. She's run the Queensland Baptist magazine for four years. She's run the carols in the city with all these awesome performers like Guy Sebastian and Marina Pryor and Colin Buchanan for years. But now, that wasn't enough. She wanted to step out into politics. She's become uh, one of the representatives of the Family First political party and is going to be running for the Senate. And I just thought it'd be good to have a chat with Wendy about a bit of her life story. So welcome to History Makers, Wendy.
0: Thanks, Matt. It's nice to be here.
1: Now, let's just uh, go back to the beginning. I understand you grew up here as a Brisbane girl. I did. And uh, went to church at a young age and everything. Yep. Uh, was there a uh, specific conversion experience for you? Uh, what was your upbringing like?
0: Yeah, my parents were Christians. Mm-hmm. Dad worked in the bank, mm-hmm. National Australia Bank, actually. and um, And so... Mum and Dad used to have a lot of missionaries in the home. They were going to Ashgrove Baptist at the time. And I can remember just always uh, knowing that God loved me. Mm. So I, I grew up knowing that. Had a very secure, very safe childhood. Loved home, loved church, and I loved school. So I, I just had a really happy childhood. And I guess um, when I was about four, I can remember my mum telling me that I needed to make a decision to love Jesus myself. And so that was the most natural thing in the world. There are many times further on in my life when I made another um, commitment to God in my own heart. Um, But that was probably the start of my journey.
1: Yeah. And you are a good girl as a teenager. I know some of these church kids can stray a bit and get into trouble, but you stayed stayed on the the right path.
0: I did, actually. I was mischievous. I was really mischievous, but I I, I, I thank God that he actually kept me from doing anything too drastic. But I was a very mischievous child. Mm -hmm. Always had lots of ideas.
1: (laughs) And then you went on uh, working uh, at, a, at a bank yourself, just like your dad. Yeah, I did. Yeah.
0: I, I, dad actually got me a holiday job over mm-hmm. the, one of the Christmas holidays, and then I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, met lots of people there, so I stayed on mm-hmm. and worked there until I got married. Worked there for a while after I got married, and then we started having our children. And, I and how, did, how did
1: you meet your husband, Peter? I always love to hear these love stories.
0: Yeah, it was a real love story. I met him when I was six.
1: Oh right, (laughs) (laughs) he started young (laughs) Yeah,
0: so I remember him as a nine-year-old arriving at um, Ashgrove Baptist and at that time it was, you know, boy germs thing So we didn't have a lot to do with each other but we grew up in the youth group together, knowing each other Became really good friends before we fell in love
1: Mm, Mm. Wonderful, and then you also worked uh, for Griffith University, what did you do for them?
0: Yeah, I I went to Griffith University because I started, I got a part-time job when the kids were at primary school, and when they'd left primary school, I was still there, so I felt a bit silly. So I decided that I'd apply at the unit that they were at, and I ended up re- um, getting a job as the research manager for the Centre for Public Culture and, and Ideas. Our son used to think it was pretty funny that there was actually a research centre for ideas, but it was an excellent centre, and I worked there for five years. I loved it.
1: Mm. And then you ended up uh, pastoring here with your husband at the City Tabernacle Baptist Church, which is a big old grand yes. church building. Yes. Well, tell us a bit about your church.
0: Yeah, our church looks like a museum. <laughs> and um, sometimes when people would walk through the city during the week, we would hear them um, saying, I wonder whether anything happens in that building. So when we went there, we, our desire was to get people out of the building because the building is pretty grand and it's beautiful. I love the building. Um, uh, but it's very, it can be very confining. Mm. So we wanted to get people out of the building, so that's when we started the carols. Mm. Yeah.
1: So carols in the city, I, I mean, I've been a couple of times. Uh, it's one of the biggest events uh, of massive. the year in Brisbane yeah. now. Tell us about how that all came about.
0: Well, um, when we, as I said, when we went there, we thought perhaps the carols would get people out. So we went to the nearest park, which was actually Rhyme Street Parklands, and we asked Rebecca St. James and Paul Coleman and Alabaster Box, those sort of guys, to come. And we did it and it was uh, 96.5 took it on for us. They were fabulous and we just had a fantastic event. Um, It poured raining. Uh, We still had probably about 5,000 people turned up. And so the following year when all of a sudden the Lord Mayor found himself without a carols because the people who were doing his carols had sort of pulled out and it was only a few months before the carols was to run, he contacted us and said, any chance that you could move your event over to the river stage? And I, at the time, I said to him, look, this is a uniquely Christian event, um, but I said, I'll come in and speak with you. So we ran in, spoke with him. I said to him, look, you know, we have Buddha's birthday here. We have Ramadan. Um, Christmas is Christian. So let's make it a Christian festival in Brisbane. And he, he just got right on board. So... Ever since then, we've been running the Lord Mayor's Carols.
1: And that's which... been on, uh, on TV, on Channel 9. Yeah. And uh, tell me, have you seen fruit from these Christmas carols? Because there's, I mean, masses amounts of unchurched people would go to these carols. Yeah. Um, do you see people, you know, emailing and, and calling and saying, look, that impacted me, what this person said. Yeah, you know? we
0: do. We don't get as many emails as perhaps I would have really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we've done each time is give out a free CD, and on that CD is a, a short message from Peter as, again, mm-hmm. but this time it's about three minutes. Three like, minutes. I live on so three minutes on the CD. Stretching it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the length of a song. Yeah. Um, but as well, Marina gives us a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Morrison always does. Guy Sebastian does. So we have this great CD that people enjoy at Christmas time. That's probably one of the major ways that we get out the message. And we have had a lot of response from that. Um, But for us... Part of the whole thing is just to be salt and light in the city of Brisbane. So I'm not sure that we'll ever really see uh, the benefit. But even over the last four years, we have noticed a change in the Christmas celebrations in the city because they fit in with the whole Lord Mayor's theme, and the theme is moving back to a Christian theme. Mm,
1: that's wonderful. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Now, you're obviously being used as a change agent. You're, you're, you're bringing change uh, in, in this city with the Christmas carols. Uh, I hope so. You've now got a heart for politics, which is a big area um, where we can yeah. influence and, and yeah. uh, make changes. Uh, let's talk a bit about the Family First Party. Yeah. Uh, so I remember them starting, I don't know how many years, how many years ago would it have been, several years uh, ago now? Oh, yeah, probably
0: about six years ago six now. Six years
1: ago? Yeah. And it started in Adelaide. Yes. Uh, pastor Andrew Evans. Yep. Uh, and I've met him. He's a great You've man. You've met, met Andrew? Yeah. yeah. So he, he was the pastor of Paradise AOG Church, and then he ran for politics in the state yes uh, election and and got a got a seat Yep, and then uh, it basically spread from there yes um, Steve feeling is the the only national senator that's representing family first Yep, uh, tell us a bit about how you have got involved and and what's happening at Family First. Yeah,
0: Yeah. well, you know, if you told me this time last year that I was going to be in politics, I would have slapped you around the face probably. (laughs) I would have fainted. Um, But looking back, I mean, retrospect is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Because looking back, I can see how God has been preparing my heart for Mm. it. But I had never thought for a minute that I would be in politics. Um, I think perhaps the start of my social conscience probably even began when we went to Bangladesh the first time and there saw sweatshops Mm. with women locked behind doors all day from that they basically didn't see the sunlight to make garments and then I came home thinking oh it's so good to be back in Australia and and yet then when I started doing my own research because my heart had been really pricked I realized that there's more slaves now today than there were in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So those sort of things started changing my, my attitude towards social um, conscience things uh, probably about four years ago. But then early this year we received an email from Family First just asking if there was any potential um, interest from Peter or I to run for the Senate. And Peter immediately felt that the Lord was speaking to him on my behalf
1: Um, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Thinking
0: uh, Wendy would actually be the one to do this. Yeah. And so he actually contacted Family First first and said, look, um, I feel very called to the City Tabernacle, but, you know, if you were interested, I think Wendy would be great to talk to. And um, before I even knew that he had sent that email, I actually received a phone call. And it started there. Wow. Yeah.
1: And what's your involvement now? What's what's your plans? Are you are you out with a with a picket, you know, line <laughs> outside the state parliament already, or you know what are you? you... No, know,
0: I'm just having a really good time, um, getting to know the issues. Yeah. I'm meeting people all the time. Yeah. Um Yesterday I was with Cherish Life, and mm-hmm. that was just a fantastic time.
1: Tell us about Cherish
0: Life. Cherish yep. Life are mm-hmm. just doing an amazing work. Uh, so they were Right to Life. So mm-hmm. a lot of people would know them more as Right to Life. Uh, but they are raising um, the awareness for the abortion issues, mm-hmm. for euthanasia, um, and they're, they're just doing a fabulous job. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at the moment, abortion's quite a topical issue mm-hmm. here in Brisbane because there's been a number of media outlets that have raised the, the, um, the argument again, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say, because we, we had some law reform. Come through, that actually made a bit of a change. Mm. That people were very worried was opening a floodgate. I don't think it has done that, mm. Mm. but um, then our, you know, the Courier Mail brought up how many babies between two thousand and three, two thousand and seven, over fifty babies were born alive and left to die after botched abortions. Oh my goodness! And from that coming out in the secular media, mm. um, it it sort of opened the door for people like Cherish Life to raise the. Um, raise the Mm. argument again and say, look, is a million abortions over the last 13 years, is that really acceptable? Mm. Mm. Um, And I don't think there would be any Australian who would think that would be an acceptable number.
1: Mm. Mm. You know, I heard a speaker recently say that uh, when um, Moses was around, there was a whole generation wiped out. When Jesus was around, there was a whole generation of babies wiped out. Yeah. And now there's a modern-day Generation yes. that that has been wiped out yep. through abortion, yeah, and uh, we need to stand up, yeah, and we say, do. look, life is we valuable,
0: do. and there are amazing um, organisations that are standing up and saying mm. that, and they're they're providing um, options, they're providing um, different alternatives for girls, and they're providing mm. support, mm. and I think often, um, you know, what we really need is that we need the government to be. To be providing, you know, financial support to these community places yeah. that are really providing the support that the girls need yeah. to be able to make a choice.
1: Yeah, because one of the tragedies is that, you know, girls that have been through an abortion, mm. there, there are scars. Oh, there, there are emotional scars. There there is terrible. quite a, a cost to society. Uh, and I, I know some personally who I've been involved with in, through church and, and different areas, and yeah. they have counselling, they have prayer mm. for healing, and and they they can deal with it. But a lot of girls don't. And they don't realise they're carrying these scars, and it's actually from yeah. that horrific. Uh, they thing can suffer
0: terrible depression. It's mm. it's quite a you know it's traumatic. Mm. It's a very mm. traumatic thing to have to go through.
1: And I know the organisation uh, in Brisbane, the Priceless Life Centre, yes. have got a phone line people can call, yeah, and uh, a website with lots of information. I encourage anyone listening now, if if this is impacting you, if yep. it's affecting you, look it up, Google it, and uh, and and start to deal with this stuff because. Uh, uh, it's fine for us to talk about it, but yeah. we, we want to um, see some action on, on this stuff and, and see people receive healing for things yeah. too. So. Yeah. Um. And, and, Wendy, uh, obviously that's been a big issue in the in the political arena. Mm. Um, other issues uh, that we've talked about in the media recently is, is uh, pornography. Mm. Uh, I understand Family First had a win in South they did. Australia recently. They
0: yeah. did, yeah. They had a really great win. So they've passed legislation now that video shops, um, adult, explicit adult videos will not be able to be previewed in the shop and in any shop. And the other thing is that they have to be kept in a... a a separate sh- part of the shop so mm. you would actually have to access it mm. an adult would have to ask for access to go and even mm. have a look to mm. see what they can take out so i mean we'd rather get rid of it all together yeah. obviously mm. but that is just so wonderful because you know as a parent and as a grandparent to be able to um, walk into a shop and know that they're not going to be looking up at the screen and seeing something that's going to scar them
1: yeah <laughs> because yeah.
0: an image I-, I know as a child i saw images that I really had to pray and ask the Lord to, t- to remove from my mind. Mm, mm. Um, once you see an image, if you are a graphic sort of person, it's very hard to get that image out of your brain.
1: Mm. I don't think we realise the the cost, the hidden cost of pornography uh, on our men. No. Uh, and I know that uh, I've heard recently that Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne are in the top three countries per capita in the world for downloading mm. pornography.
0: It's, it's uh, frightening. Which is just
1: ridiculous. Mm. And uh, I know our church, you know, New Hope Brisbane, we run the Valiant Man course. Mm. We have lots of men go th- going through that course and uh, it just gives them life keys yeah. to be able to overcome those addictions and to actually treat women with dignity yes. as, a, as a creation of God, like we need to yeah. treat women. Um, so, Wendy, um, one of the things I've heard, you know, in, in America, a lot of Christians in politics and the religious right get accused of saying about all the bad things that's going on in the world, Mm. um, but not actually saying what they stand for and what they believe in and the good things that Mm -hmm. they're standing up for. Um, And I know that's part of the uh, some others I've spoken to in Family First before. It's not all about fixing all the problems, it's about...
0: No, providing hope as well. Yeah. Uh,
1: tell me about some of the, the positive things that you stand for in family first and and part of your vision uh, for this country.
0: Yeah. Look anything that is really good for the family I mm. think is is what family first stands for. Yeah. There's so much that's good about Australia. Mm. We we've been built on a foundation of um, ethical, you know, honesty, faithfulness. Mm. Yep. And so there's just so many good things. Mm, and for me, one of the great things about being in Family First is that you just don't have to oppose absolutely everything because yeah. when the government, like, there's, a, there's a, somebody in government and then there's somebody in opposition, yeah. the opposition just opposes absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the government brings out some really good things. Yep, and yep. so for Family First to be able to agree, mm. I think, you know, that's really mm. great.
1: And I've heard lots of talk about the, the big parties, um, with the caucus and, you know, towing the party line is is the phrase we all use, you know. Um, but, you know, I heard uh, Tony Campolo speak uh, a couple of years ago. He said something that really affected me in my view of politics. Uh, people said, are you right or left? And uh, he said, well, it depends on the issue. Yeah. And he said, look, I don't just blindly follow one side of politics. I look at every issue yeah. and I weigh it up. And I look look at what the Bible says, and I then make a wise choice about what I agree about it yeah. or disagree about it. And I guess that's the thing that you're saying with family first. You look at everything through the family lens. Yes. What is good for families? What is good for marriages? What is good for children? What is good for um, education? You know, all those things are important. And I just uh, I think that's a, a good start looking at things through the family lens. Yeah. Mm. Now, uh, Wendy, uh, there might be people listening that are thinking, "Wow, you know." This girl runs carols, she runs a church, she's standing up for politics. Um, There's something that drives you. There's something that is your passion. Uh, And I know it's a relationship with God and and through Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. There there might be people listening that are thinking, look, I want what this girl's got. (laughs) I I want to have that same passion in my life. Uh, Would you speak to those listeners and share with them how they could connect with God in that way?
0: Yeah, I'd say to them, there's no purpose in my life without Jesus. Mm. Jesus is my purpose for living. He's the one who, who when I wake up in the morning, gives me the reason to get going. I would say to them, get onto your website, get onto, um, you know, find a church that preaches the Bible. Giving your heart to Jesus is not just some uh, airy-fairy thing mm. because... I can very very clearly remember as a child reading when John the Baptist said, you know, the religious people were coming out to see him, and he said, you know, you say, oh, Abraham is my father, and you think that's you know good enough, and he said, no, it's not. By your fruit, that's where that's how we'll know you. And I can remember thinking, yeah, I come from this Christian home, and and I'm I'm this good girl, you know, who gets up to mischief, but nothing really bad, and and perhaps I think that's going to save me, and it's not. So I realized that it was my sin that was going to take me away from God and that it was only me who could come before God for my own self. So, you know, the fact that Jesus, you know, I mean, I love Christmas. Mm. I just love Christmas and that's why I just love the carols. But the fact that Jesus would come as that tiny baby and be rocked to sleep, have his nappy changed and he was the son of God, And he would do that for me. He would do that for all of your listeners. That just blows me away. And then the fact that that same son of God died on the cross for me and came back to life so that I can have life with him, that just gives me the reason for living. Mm. So without that, I would really have to question why am I here? Mm. But with that, I have purpose for living and with that, I have a purpose for going about my every day. And with that, I have a purpose for trying to live for others and to make um, other people see God's way as well.
1: Mm. Well, like I said before, Wendy, I can definitely see uh, that God is shining out of you, that he, he is in your heart and mm. in your life. and. Um, it's, uh, it's wonderful to have you on the show today. Now, if people want to find out more information about what you've shared today, what's the best website for them to go to? Yeah,
0: familyfirst.org.au. Yep, yep. And then just click on the Queensland link and they'll mm-hmm. see me there.
1: They'll see the big photo of Wendy Francis. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd yeah.
0: love them to get in contact with me. Love yeah. to hear from anybody.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I reckon you're a History Maker. Thanks, Thanks for joining Mark. us. Thanks, Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. There you can also find links to Facebook and Twitter, and also you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week.
0: History Makers.